said, like, I feel like I'm wandering. And I'm like, as if you weren't wandering before. You're, you just weren't thinking about it then, you know? We're all just fucking wandering on the earth. We're human beings. That's what we do. If we're, if we like, oh, I'm stable. I have a house and a job. Like, wait for an earthquake to happen. You know what I mean? There's always some shit that can take it away. And we're, we're all just wandering, whether it feels like it or not. So it seems the time that I head back. Almost seems as a heart attack. And yeah, I know my head is strong. Trouble it seems is my best friend And it'll be there until my end And yeah, I need a new right hand, man, man But no matter where I go, the actions are the same The only thing I need is a brand new brain I can't stop, won't stop, this habit's I got How do you pick a lock? I'm asking for help I'm asking for help But that don't mean that I'm asking you No, no, I'm asking for help I'm asking for hey, help But the other half of me says we're doing fine Welcome to Conversations for Our Grandkids Woo! The, the second long distance edition Yeah, we're back we're, in the place to be How's it going, Adam? How you doing, man? Woo, woo. I'm pretty good, man And how are you uh, wonderful listeners out there uh, doing? All three All you wonderful yeah. listeners <laughs> <laughs> uh, actually, I gotta. I have to say, man, I was a little bit surprised because I looked through my Facebook messages, just because I had hit some people up and just asking, like, "Oh, do you uh, do you like our shit? Like, you know, do you have any suggestions? Like, what could we do better? Like that kind of shit." And my my cousin answered me. This other girl that I knew answered me, and I was like, "Man, we there are actually people. More people have listened to our." podcast than i give it credit for we still say like oh three people but really i mean it's not a community like, so you guys should all have meetups and like you know bring your favorite pictures of us and uh and your favorite talk stories. about your favorite segments like hey you know remember that time the gang went to go see wrestling <laughs> <laughs> remember that time they said gooks hate spits <laughs> Oh, uh, but we really do appreciate all you listeners out there who are listening. It, it, I mean, it literally drives the entire fucking thing. Yeah, and I should say I should start this off with the way that we were starting off before because I told people if they would review us on iTunes, I'd give them a shout out, and yeah, I do yeah. owe I somebody a shout man. out. We have Hook one more review in the past like three weeks, but please review us on iTunes because that really means a lot to us and it helps us get more people listening. Jasmine is behind Adam doing these crazy faces, and I can't not concentrate <laughs> on it. But I owe somebody, I owe somebody a, a review. Uh, my friend Oshin gave us a really great review on there. Um, she said she enjoyed it, and it was so funny because it was like pulling teeth at her. Because I was like, "Can you listen to our podcast?" And she was like, uh, "I really, I really don't like just listening to people talk." And then she was like, "You know what? I actually kind of enjoyed that." And I was like, "That's that's a huge compliment coming from someone yeah. who it was." I literally had to like pull kicking and screaming, you know, to the to yeah. the game. Um, I also want to say my cousin uh, listened to it, and he he said. I, I he said he really liked our website and like our branding ideas because he's he's kind of like a, a media guy you know he he's starting his own media company actually it's called uh take the uh the website is take this com wow and yeah but d as in Detroit um and he kind of I, I don't I don't really have the the overall gist I recommend going to the website they have a much better way of explaining it but they're kind of trying to um uh, you know bring together. The people of Detroit who are trying to like make events and do things and that kind of shit, but it's it's essentially a media company. He listened to a uh, an episode, or at least one, and he his, he he was like, "I really like it. I like your guys' overall gist, but it seems like a little loose." You know, I'm paraphrasing, but he was like, "You you guys don't have a format." So my thing is, I'm I'm open to criticism, and I'm wondering 
you know, what people are thinking when they're listening to these and if they're thinking like, oh, like, you know, if you guys would talk, have a segment in the beginning just to like, like an established like, oh, this is where we talk about something. Like, I'm open to that kind of thing, even though that's not how we started it. But I'm I'm curious if uh, if there's actually any kind of structure that we could add that would be helpful as opposed to hurtful so i'm open to i'm i want to actually just get feedback if anybody is listening to this anybody at all uh and you have twitter i'm basic underscore shrimp just tweet suggestions at me all day if you're if you're listening to this i'm also on facebook all this shit shaman says too so really give us suggestions like we just want to we want to open up the conversation past you know shamus and i speaking into mics i think yeah. And I think a cool way to do it is if you guys would tell us, I really like this. I I don't really like that. And then we can, I mean, I'm, I may just tell you like, fuck off. I really like when we just ramble. But if, if people say they don't like when we ramble on some r- weird shit, maybe we should think about it. Hey, somebody said we should have had more soundboard things. So uh, that one episode I reserved entirely for soundboards. So I hope you appreciate that. Uh, <laughs> I was like, oh, don't insult me. Uh, yeah. Don't insult me with those oh, soundboard shit. Oh, you should be more shit. like talk radio. No, I think podcasting is the next version. Hey, have you guys heard step. about Rihanna? Did you hear what happened to her last night at the BET2 Awards? It was on BET2, and it was just about, you know, things that have happened within the past month. <laughs> Fucking, oh, God. So shitty. Yeah. Did you, did I, you see what happened on Man vs. Food last night? Like, they always talk about shows that I'm like, I, I'm amazed that people actually fucking watch them. Like, are you serious? Dude, I, I had a really strange moment, re- I would say in the last year or two, when I went to the supermarket or like Rite Aid or something, and I looked at all the magazines, and I was like, who the fuck are these people? Like, who are all these people? Yeah. Like, Normally, or not normally, but when I was a kid, I'd be like, oh, that's Britney Spears. Oh, that's Justin Timberlake. Oh, that's, you know, fucking Jay-Z, or that's Denzel Washington. But all of these fucking reality show stars are starting to, like, pop up on these magazines as if they're, you know, A-list celebrity actors or something. And I'm like, who the fuck, who are all these? Oh, will Kendra get through this? And everybody knows what they're talking about. And I'm reading this magazine. I'm like, am I like what? Am I the only one who doesn't know what this is or who Kendra is? Even like what? Who the what the fuck is this? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what that is, man. I don't know if that's like the. It's it's almost like because of how how rapid fire things are nowadays. We're aging like super fucking fast. Like we we are so irrelevant already, and we've been doing this podcast for mm-hmm. like three months. You know, what I mean? like, yeah. You know, I mean, we've actually <laughs> explicitly express the concern that if we hold on to an episode for two or three weeks what we talk about during the episode might be obsolete by the time we release it it's a very very strangely fast-paced environment i i base everything in my life on when gangnam style came out and to me, that feels like that was like that was like what eight years ago that was like that was like two years ago yeah jesus man jesus what was 10 years ago? Right? What the fuck was 10 years ago? 2005? Uh, 10 years ago was PlayStation 2, dog. We're talking about Stone I'm, Age. I'm pretty sure, yeah. I'm pretty sure dinosaurs were still around 10 years ago. Yeah. Fucking shit up. Fucking <sighs> shit up. How have you been, man? I haven't talked to you in a while. I know your mic <sighs> was broken, and now we're back on it, so. Yeah, we're back on the uh, back on the game. I feel I feel good, man. You know, I I for those of you who are listening, I recently moved to Florida, so things are it's a, it's an adjustment time for sure. One adjustment that I've had to make is I thought 
ja- Jasmine and I thought we were walking around finding these magic mushrooms because I read online they grow well in Florida like all year round. They're kind of easy to find, that kind of thing. I was like, oh, I love magic mushrooms. I'll go fucking take a look. So the this I read this thing that it's like, oh, this is how to identify them. But the, the best way to know is if you squeeze them and they turn blue, right? And I was like, well, that's weird. Like, I don't even, I can't even imagine what that would even look like. So Jasmine and I are out uh, fucking around, picking up mushrooms, squeezing them, seeing what they, you know, what happens. And all of a sudden we find this one mushroom that's red on top. And then you look under it and the bottom is yellow. It's so yellow. And there's this, uh, the, the. Uh, species of mushroom that is popular in Florida that has psilocybin in it is called psilocybin cubensis, and they call them golden tops. That's one of the the names for them. So I look at this yellow underbelly of this mushroom, and I'm like, oh, this has to be it, right? I pick this thing up, and it's it turns blue in my hand. I, I've never. It was amazing, dude. I, I I'm gonna take a video because. Well, long story short, it turns out that these mushrooms aren't psilocybin mushrooms. They're this boletus something else that are edible. And we ended up drinking some tea, and I uh, cooked up some or uh, cut up some of these mushrooms. We ate them off the ground, and they're really good. They're, like, really meaty, and they have, a like, a mushroomy kind of flavor. But they turn blue, and so one and of the adjustments is— And they don't make you trip because they don't have psilocybin no. in them. Okay. Right, exactly. So I was salty Did you guys shit, think so. you were tripping? Did you—oh, shit, this, this TV uh, show is crazy. The first time we did it, I kind of—I, like— I was like, well, you know, a normal dose is like this, so I'm going to half that and then half that and half that, and then we'll take that and see. Because Jasmine and I were kind of interested in uh, seeing what a, what I would call like a medicinal dose would feel like as opposed to a recreational dose. Where, like, we've taken recreational doses where we were like, whoa. I mean, not to put you out there, but you were there for one of those. Like, you know, the walls are breathing, that kind of thing. Oh, but, yeah, no. So, we, I think we've discussed this before, how you dosed yeah. me. Yeah. Well, <laughs> not the first, not the last time. I said to time. Adam, this is the first time I'd ever tripped. I, I think we could, just, we could just talk about it. What are the statue yeah, of whatever. limitations? We'll be fine. Man. Somebody, somebody come arrest me. I dare you. I, I dare you. I double dog dare you. <laughs> um, no, uh, I was like, Adam, only give me a little bit because I just want to try it out. And you were like, yeah, man, sure, whatever. And then <laughs> gave, him, gave him the thumbs up and everything. <laughs> <laughs> and then afterwards, you were just like, uh, then I remember you came up to me afterwards and being like, yeah, I didn't know how much was in there. I just fucking gave you whatever. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I knew it was enough to, to make you trip, but I wasn't sure exactly how hard. <laughs> Cut to uh, me like crying during Frozen, like crying my <laughs> eyes out and being like, this is about my life. It's staring this at a can of corn. My <laughs> That's my favorite, dude. Staring at a can of corn. Like I found Seamus in my kitchen just staring at a can of corn. He was like, dude, come over here. Dude, come over here. Dude, look at this fucking can of corn. Look at this fucking <laughs> can of corn. Like, oh, we put can in a corn. We did it. <laughs> like, it was like it was the most ridiculous thing. And at the time, it really did because I was like, dude, this is insane because this shit literally grows out of the dirt. And we put it in a can and we put a label on it that says corn and we feel like we did something. Like, it was the most amazing fucking uh, revelation in the world. <laughs> and so then, fuck also, can dude, corn. there was a lot of uh, memorable. Uh, like experiences that night those were two of them and then the other one was uh the whole concept of sitting in hell that kind of came back up many 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 times after that i I found my i found the journal actually Uh, i can grab it actually it's right over there if you'd like um yeah but i I, I found my journal from when i was tripping when i was keeping track of this so just hold this for like 10 seconds man keep it going i got you so i love all of you audience members out there listening um uh fuck if you have any cool 
shroom stories or any stories in general, share them. I really just want people to 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 be involved in this. So if you have any kind of input at all or something that you'd like us to respond to, let us know. Seamus is back. I'm back with the shroom stories. If you guys are interested, I found my I found my uh, my the diary that I kept from when I was tripping, and I hadn't found it because what happened was uh the fr- I'd say the first like seventy percent of my trip was awesome, and then like the last. 30%. That might even be too much to be honest with you, but it it took a turn for the south at one point because uh I you know, I think I like what it how, was I like I, how you use the word south as opposed to it took a turn for the worse. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, nobody wants to go down south because you know how that is all backwards. Uh, Rip the Confederate flags off people's cars. That's apparently what people are doing now. <laughs> Get the fuck over it. All right. Oh, um God, yeah. <laughs> anyway, focus. I mean, I get it, right? I get it, but like I come on, you know? But fuck off. Like yeah, who gives a shit? That's not helping. Um so so basically, uh I don't know if you'd like to hear. This will be Seamus' oh, shrooming corner. Um I So this is gonna sound so douchey now that I'm reading it. So I just did shrooms. Wow. <laughs> Profound. <laughs> um Everything seems to have a rhyme and reason. Bad things happen so that other actions can take place. The distinction bad, in quotation marks, doesn't really make sense in this context either. Eastern religions seem like they may have been closer to the truth than anything I've seen the West offer up at this point. So, so far, that actually is... So far, so good. Yeah, um... Everything is interconnected like sand. Oh, that's the thing. I always... I I forgot about that, but sand was a big image... Like, a big piece of imagery that kept popping up during that trip it was almost like um sand through the hourglass and it it seemed like i was seeing these i was seeing like vortexes and stuff but it was almost of like interwoven sand you know if that makes Mm -hmm. any sense like if Mm -hmm. you can imagine like how a woven basket Mm -hmm. but just imagine that each overlapping piece is made out of sand and it's all spinning downwards or maybe not even downwards but it's all spinning and And it was basically like the and and I, that I think is actually like a good visual representation of life in general. Like everything yeah. is constantly in flux, and it is almost like sand. It's all the sand never really. They never. It's always the same sand, but just re in different positions almost, and and yeah. different you know organized differently. But it's always moving the at same. different speeds. Right. Yeah. So uh, where was I? Um, the sand can be a different color or density, but eventually all sand mixes with all other sand. Things ebb and flow. Uh, Jasmine, now Jasmine tripped with us as well, and 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 mm-hmm. she uh, she caught the brunt of it at first. I remember because she yeah. she it hit her hard really fast, and yeah. so like she immediately had to go like ah, I'm uncomfortable, like I have to go to the yeah, bathroom. I gotta go to the bathroom and, for a minute. <laughs> and this being my first time doing it, and already ha- being apprehensive, I was like, oh shit, what the <laughs> fuck did I get myself into? Because it didn't hit me yet. It didn't hit me yeah. at all. And so, but so Jasmine's trip was awful, and as a result, I was able to prepare and act. And then, that sense, her suffering saved me from a terrible fate. Uh, today, I conquered hell. I sat in hell with my iPod blaring, and like Buddha, I overcame fear. <laughs> and then it just says "fuck." It's <laughs> oh, so funny, man. Uh, yeah, but no, the thing—the thing that I really like is. Um, uh, so here's here's my review of this whole situation. Is what it says on the next um, page. Four out of five stars. <laughs> <laughs> um, would do again. Um, <laughs> I said, "God damn, was it ever real? It was almost too real at times." The lesson to be taken away is that challenges are not insurmountable. Things move like waves. Shapes mm. and distinctions are figments. 
that's an interesting throwaway line that I didn't read until just now. How about that, man? Uh, that's pretty crazy, actually. Um, Dude, I feel like, man, you really, you really tapped into something there. That shroom journal is on point. Well, that's well, that's you know, that's yeah, I think so. So th- th- this is the this is where it gets funny though. So this is the cool down. <laughs> this is this is once I I am convinced that I'm no longer tripping, although okay. I'm still tripping, uh, <laughs> like like not hard, but I'm 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 like oh that's it's, over. Yeah, it's that weird like like after effect where you're like I think I really hope I'm done. I think I'm done, and then it's like no no I'm not done. Oh shit. <laughs> well, with you guys, so what happens is uh like the, the 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 majority of it wears off, and then I remember we're like oh we made it through that like we all did it like high five team but we're all still kind of tripping and uh you say Seamus like order a pizza and and I had to order a pizza from Domino's and and imagine this I've just seen for all intents and purposes in my mind like the center of the universe like I've I understand how like reality functions now and then it's like would you like to make a pizza profile And nothing Dude, seemed more for, ridiculous to me. For some reason, I was in the I was in the other room, and I remember having the sensation of you know tell Seamus to order a pizza because that way he'll have something to do while I go and do this. But I forget what this specifically was that I was doing. But I just remember you coming back into the room, and it was like uh, you were like, uh, "Dude, uh, it's uh, it's asking me if you want to make a pizza profile." <laughs> <laughs> we just looked at each other and started fucking cracking up because it was the most ridiculous thing. <laughs> I was like, there's cheese, pepperoni, and meat lovers. Like, what are you talking about? Oh, and that's the other thing. So then it said, like, uh, would you like our would you like our uh, our special artisan sauce? And it had, like, a little <laughs> checkbox that was already checked. And I was like, no, I don't want the artisan sauce. I just want the regular fucking sauce. So I unclicked the box. Turns out that's just the regular fucking sauce. So we got a sauceless pizza. And I was like, why would you make that a fucking option? I'm not ordering a white pizza. There's a dis- I can make that distinction on my own. But anyway, so so th- so this is the this is the cool down, which I think is funny. So this cool down period feels a lot like now. This is actually kind of I'm gonna I'm gonna put myself out there here. Um, Vulnerability. Lot, this, this is this is pretty personal. Um, okay. The the cool down period feels a lot like when I would come home from my dad's as a kid. Uh, mm. The the relief that like the anguish is over is very much like the sensation of bliss you experience after crying. So. What I'm saying there is when I was a kid, I used to be terrified of – not terrified of going to my dad's, but it wasn't really a pleasant experience. I, I, I felt uncomfortable sleeping somewhere that wasn't in my own bed. So mm-hmm. I would – I ended up – you know, I would stay up to like 3 a.m. over there, and then I'd be really tired the next day, and, and, I, and that would only make me more anxious. And so I just got into this weird cycle of associating my anxiety with going to my dad's. Mm-hmm. And it was like when I would come home, it would be this big rush of like, oh, God. We made it through that. Like, mm. oh, thank God that's fucking over. Yeah. Like, holy shit. Now we can relax. And that's how it felt when I was cooling down. But um, so the the relief that the anguish is over is very much like the sensation of bliss you experience after crying. True. Um, true. I'm, true. I'm still high, and I know I am, because I just wondered whether or not I could still read, even though I am writing. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, however, the come down is a lot less difficult. The big realization is that guilt has to go right out the window. If things happen because of a flow, then there really is no logic in fighting the experience. Mm. A fly just landed on my hand, and it was incredible. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I'm, I'm not laughing to make fun, man. Because no, I, no. you know, I've, I've been there, so I know, man. I know how that how that can be. You're like. 
Oh, I just stepped in shit. How wonderful. Oh, my God. It well, smells so bad, and it's so it's such a vivid experience. It's awesome. You know, it's like... It, it it's, seems it's ridiculous to mind our part. sober minds, but I'm, 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 I, I am convinced that that is the actual reality of the situation. You know, like, yeah. like it is incredible. A, a fly landed on my hand. Whoa, that's insane that I'm yeah. feeling all these sensations. I'm experiencing, and I'm seeing this other living being that's like this tiny flying around doing its own fucking thing. You know, you yeah. feel connected to the rest of the world in a way that uh it's almost like that you, you you put up a lot of barriers when you're sober i suppose when you're in the west no nah, i don't think it's i don't think i think it, it doesn't have to do with sobriety i think it has to do with western con- social conditioning it, i mean it, it, you sent me that alan watts uh series called out of your mind it's like 12 hours long or something i listened to the first two hours and he really broke it down you know that the in the West we're trained, and Ramdas talks about this a lot too. Is that we're trained to make distinctions between things, right? That's you know you are who you are, and what you see out in the world is something else, and it's all something else, and it's just what is it? This is a glass. This is a fly. This is a laptop. This is you know the, the school. This is your home. You know they're it, it's all different. It's all very different, and you got to know the differences. But it's all really the same at this weird fundamental level but because we've forgotten that for so long it takes at least in the west a drug or a harsh experience or something to like snap you out of that comfortable place that you're used to you know what i mean to where you're now just like oh shit like you know i am connected to this fucking fly and in a very very weird subtle kind of way but i am connected to this fly like it's another living being i'm just one of these living things and this living being is it landed on my hand and i could crush it if i you know i'm that big to this thing you know and i don't know i i think other cultures and other societies probably teach that as a more fundamental like basis on which to teach other things. You know, everything else is based on this idea that we're actually not that different. But in the West, we're taught you are that different, and it's the differences that make life. But it's it's not really because differences kind of just imply unity at a deeper level. You know what I mean? Actually, I do know what you mean because I started listening to the Alan Watts um, talks again now that I sent them to you, and he was talking about how. Uh, he was he was using the words uh, goo people and goo people Wiggles. and wiggle people, right? Something like that. Oh no, and, goo people and prickly people. Goo people and prickly people, and it's it's funny because it's supposed to be because he's trying to make a point. He's saying that goo people say that the world is made of like energy, and prickly people say it's made of waves. But they don't realize that in order to make their uh, specific arguments they need one another because you wouldn't know you were a goo person unless somebody was advocating for a prickly pair a person like perspective yeah so right. it's, it's almost like um it's all kind of arbitrary because it's it's some um, it, we're drawing these distinctions but only way that we could draw these distinctions is if there were was like a difference almost is that is yeah I, it's kind of hard it's like it's like having a penny and saying there's a head side and a tail side but to to leave it at that is to ignore the fact that it's the same penny. You know, it's the same penny. Yeah. It's just got two different sides. You and and I, mean? I I listened to another. Uh, it was a Chogim Trumpa thing. I think it was meditation in action. I believe where he was mm-hmm. talking about uh, that idea as well. Where he said that um, he was answering questions, and he he said that essentially like in or, like differences at a core level imply a oneness because 
there you can't have you can't have differences without having a oneness and vice versa like it, it's almost like he's saying like these things aren't necessarily uh yeah they're, I remember, in, they're interdependent I I but they're not they don't I, like he, it's not one he, or the other i think the analogy he used was that you know intense light kind of uh brings about intense darkness you know if you stick something up into the into the light's way one side of it's going to be really fucking bright and the other side of it is going to be really really fucking dark because there's no light on the other side of it so it's like you can't you really can't have one without the other you know to say something is white means that you need to have the idea of something being black and you can't have something being black and something being or without something else being white and being able to say that this is that and this is that but black and white are really just two different colors you know the, the the spectrum is colors. It's just what. Which one are you? One love. You one love. Hey, check it out. Straight out of Compton. Coming to theater soon. Um, <laughs> How ridiculous, uh, man. How ridiculous. Um, yeah. Well, that's that's pretty crazy, man. Um, I, I there's another thing I wanted to kind of bring up, not to get too far off topic. I'm sure we'll come back to th- this idea specifically because I uh, it, it's 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 related. It, it was an intense experience that I would like to discuss with you that I haven't really discussed with you in detail. Um, but I was picked and served on a jury last week. Um, wow, have fun. I, you know, it was interesting, man. I, I had that thought initially, like, ah, oh, shit, everybody, everybody always complains, like, oh, jury duty, like, uh, <clears throat> the worst, oh, the worst. And I, and so I expected it to be that. And, uh, some aspects of it were like that, but I think a lot of that just stems from people uh, just bitching too much, to be honest with you, because yeah. like, because I feel I, that same way about uh, planes going get, uh, taking a flight. Everyone's like, "Oh, I hate flying. The food sucks. You got to check your bags and stand in security line." I'm like, "All right," but at the same time, when you're getting on a flight, like it's it's a very regimented process. Once you walk in that door in the front door of the airport. Every, you, it, you have to. You have to go through security. You have to stand in line. You have to do this. So stop fucking thinking and just do it. Just get there yeah. early and just do it. And just get on the plane and fucking travel. You know why, what? are you complaining about? You're about to travel 700 miles in like half an hour. Fuck off. You know what yeah. I mean? Like. Anyway, yeah. I, I, what I'm saying is I agree with it. People well, speaking of, too much. check this out. I don't know if you noticed this in my hand. I'm holding a ticket for a flight. Next oh, Tuesday damn. to Where's Gainesville, going? Florida. Oh, it's oh, going from damn. it's going from Philadelphia to Charlotte, and then it's going to stop in Charlotte for like a half an hour. But then it's going to Gainesville. <laughs> so this time next week, I'll be seeing you in person. Actually, yeah, yeah. at this point, I'll have already seen you because I'm getting there at like seven. So crazy, less than a week, less damn, than a dude. week. That's but anyway, fun. man, I wanted to talk to you about the jury experience because uh, I didn't expect to get picked, and then I was picked, and it was like a week long thing, and it's really been on my mind. Um, and I don't know how much of the details I can really go into. I don't really know what the legality of that is. I mean, I know it's over now, so there's nothing really. It doesn't matter if I yeah, talk just about all the. Don't say names or like specifics. Yeah. Know? Um. But but it was an interesting experience. What they do is I don't know if you have you ever been picked or called. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, I I I was a. Uh, they sent me that letter like, oh, you got to go to jury duty. So I went and I didn't. I I got like picked for one, but then. They, they did that thing where they were like, oh, like, you know, 
raise your hand if you know somebody who's been raped or something like that. You know, like that kind of questionnaire. Ra- raise your hand if you know someone who's a police officer or something. Yeah. And whoever raises their hand, they're like, all right, well, you fuck off because you're going to be biased. And yeah, I was yeah, one yeah. of those people that would would have been biased. Mm, it's like a game of guess who. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Have you been raped? <laughs> Not <laughs> fuck me. Fuck off. <laughs> yeah. We want well, you then. <laughs> Well, I actually filled yes to some of those questions. Like, have you have you met someone who's a victim of the crime? And, and my dad was a public defender for a while, so I had to put down that he was like involved in the legal system. Um, mm-hmm. But they what they what they do is they'll call you into this big room, and I learned that Philadelphia specifically, which is kind of it's really kind of uh, disgusting to be honest with you. Um, Philadelphia has the highest rate of people just not showing up to jury duty in the country. I believe. Oh yeah. Um, get get how how many what the what is the percentage do you think of people who just don't show up? I'm going to say 40%. Okay, so it's going to seem less impressive now because it's not that much, but it's 30%. It's, it's 30%. So that's, one-third of people just bad, don't show though, up. Because yeah. there's like a million and a half people in Philly, so a 30% of that is like 500,000 people or like four, between 400 and 500,000 people. Yeah, they just, just like, don't like, show mm, up. No, I'm, I don't want to be a, a good civil servant. But it is sort of like a duty. I mean, it, it really oh, is. It absolutely and, is. Are you have, do, you have, do you have water that goes into your house? Do you have electricity? Okay, well then you owe the city something, you know, for that. Okay, they the cops may not get there as fast as you want, and it may not be as nice or as safe as you would wish, but, you know, you're not living in fucking Afghanistan, so you owe the city a little something, and I think it, jury duty is a small price to pay. And, and this system, this system, uh, man, I don't want to be too strict on it, but I was going to say, like, if you don't show up to jury duty, you shouldn't be allowed to have a jury by your peers. They should look into it and be like, oh, you just didn't show up, you know, like, <laughs> fuck you. Because, no, but seriously, though, I mean, because what this this system is ensuring that you'll have, uh, you know, uh, equal representation under the law. You'll be able to be yeah. judged by a jury of your peers. So, like, if you're falsely accused of something or even if you do do something or, or whatever and you're trying to get off or whatever it is, it's it's – you don't want to just leave it up to the judge because yeah. you really don't. You really, well, really don't. I don't know, man. I don't know. I feel like that's a really actually a difficult question because think about it in terms of voting. This sounds like the same argument that like all the old people around me keep saying like, oh, well, you can't be mad at the government unless you, you know, you vote and do your thing and participate in the system. And I'm like, really voting for the president between like fucking dumbass number one and dumbass number two. You really think that that's going to be the way we change this world? Fuck off. And if you think that I'm going to vote at the city level and do my research on all these little shitty fucking politicians who I I mean, it doesn't it doesn't matter one way or the other. You really think you you want me to how involved do you want me to get in this system? Yeah. You know, you want I me think, to just show up and vote for somebody who I don't like, oh, he's a Democrat, so I'm going to vote for him. I don't yeah. I'm not down with that. I think the difference, though, is I think the difference between that and the jury duty pro- like thing is if let's say it's 12 jurors and you're one of 12. You are making a more substantial difference in that specific case than you would voting <laughs> in in a city election or a or a countrywide election because yeah. the numbers are just so mass, massive. I hear that. You know, like if if you're on a small island and there's like 20 people and they need you to to talk about the community, you know, you're gonna you're gonna want to participate. Yeah, because your no, that, voice could really mean the difference point. between actually sending someone to jail and not sending. And it was kind of it was. Uh, so what happened was they send you into the room. There's like 50 of you, and you answer some questions, and then they call you in one on one, and the judge talks to you, and uh, 
and the, she asks you questions with the defendant in the room. So and then the prosecution. So it's it's like you, the defendant, the prosecution, and her. And she'll be like, "Listen, hey, I saw that you said this on your paper. Would that uh, interfere with your judgment yeah. uh, in any way, shape, or form?" And I was like, "Nah, I probably wouldn't." And uh, I, not thinking I was going to get picked, I get picked. And oh, well, then, that's how you get picked. <laughs> well, you got to yeah. say yes unless you if you don't want to get picked. I wanted to be honest, though, and... Uh, well, good for you. <laughs> I mean, you know, that's my dharma, man. But, no, I uh, <laughs> I, I got picked, and, uh, dude, it, it hit me It hit me when the trial actually started that I was like, holy shit, like, I am actually... I really have to pay attention to this because this guy could go to jail based yeah. on my decision. What What my actions do from this point on will directly affect this person's life mm-hmm. um which and possibly for years what was he uh uh being uh what was he on trial for well i'll tell you he was on parole and then um he was basically having a relationship at this halfway house and he got caught and he panicked because that could send you back to jail and so you know mm. he he tried to escape with her is that a splits word allegedly 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 yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so he was being charged with like kidnapping and all this crazy oh, shit. shit. Yeah. And, uh, so it was pretty fucking heavy, man. It was a, it was a, a pretty fucking heavy case. And, um, I, I don't know, man, the, the reality of it hit me pretty, pretty hard actually a, as it was happening because I, you know, it's, it's one thing to see something from a distance or hear about it on TV, but then to be involved in it directly, it, you're kind of like, oh shit. Like I, mm-hmm. I don't know how I'm going to be able to sleep tonight. I'm going to be just thinking about this. And I would find myself, um, as the trial was happening during the week, like getting really quiet and people being like, oh, Seamus, are you okay? And not to be like that brooding guy who's like, I'm I'm worried about something that you guys wouldn't get. But it really is like I I am having trouble getting this off of my mind because it's important to this guy, you know, and I can't yeah. I can't let I can't let him down. Not in the sense that I'm trying to save you know, him, save him, but I can't. I he deserves to be judged fairly. Yeah, um, dude. If oh god damn it, dude. If there was, if we could get a jury of Seamus's every time, like that would be we'd be good. Like nobody would have a problem with the with the judicial system. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, that was interesting too because the rest of the jury. I mean, they we came together at, at the end once the once the. Um, actual deliberations went on but at first they were kind of they were kind of fucking pissing me off i mean they're <laughs> they're cool yeah. now man they're cool in now what way? I, in what way oh well we had these girls who were just you know at first i i, I was like oh shit this is gonna be a problem because they were just being so trying to be so cutesy and joking with the bailiff and being like oh like oh he's our friend like blah 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 blah, blah. and i don't know if it's just me being cynical and and again feeling like an old asshole but i was just like because they were they were like my age and younger these these three girls in mm-hmm. question and I was just like you know I have just I, I'm not gonna be your friend I'm sorry I'm not here it, to be that's your friend. not what I'm here for no yeah. I'm, not here, I'm not here to be your friend and I know we're only gonna see each other for like a week and then we're not gonna talk to each other again so excuse me if I'm not being like <laughs> this <laughs> what is a so funny cr- joke yeah. ladies <laughs> yeah yeah uh, but you know when when it, I was I was happy though that when the deliberations actually started they got serious and everything kind of worked out mm-hmm. and. And mm-hmm. I think that the I think it it ended well for the guy, but the the thing that just kind of kind of stuck with me was like um, how 
it, it was really like it was visceral, man. Really, mm-hmm. really intense, and the weight was there in a way mm-hmm. that I really didn't expect it to be. Like I said, all those things about like, oh, you know, I wouldn't have a problem delivering a guilty verdict, and I wouldn't have a problem doing this and that, and blah 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 blah. But then when it actually came t- like down to the time where that was a possibility, mm-hmm. I was like, shit, man, Please, somebody take this off my hands. <laughs> yeah, no, seriously, yeah, and yeah. And, so, and so in the future, I'll, I'll probably answer. I might answer differently. I might not, because again, it might just be one of those things that's like, sure, it is a burden, but you know, it's something you have to do. Yeah. Um, but uh, jury duty, man, it's intense, intense yeah. shit, man, intense. I, I feel like uh, it wouldn't be such an intense thing if the judicial system in itself wasn't so fucking like I don't even know what the word is, but like shaky, you know, unstable. It seems a little unsteady because you have these slick back lawyers who are trying to twist the truth. You know what I mean? And yeah. They're, they're only tr- they're trying to point out only four out of four out of thirty two facts. You know, that yeah. the four that make their client look good or make the other person look bad. And it's like, ah, oh, god damn it! If you could just be straight shooters, we could really actually get something done here we could actually be just you know yeah instead of just trying to get uh, a specific like i'm trying to prove him guilty i'm trying to prove him you know if they could both just be like <laughs> oh shit man that what sounds happened? really inc- that sounds really bad or that sounds really good or whatever but I, yeah. yeah but at the same time i guess you you do kind of need you kind of do that but i was surprised i was really surprised at how much of a TV show it was, if that makes hmm. any sense. Like, I went into it thinking, like, oh, it's going to be way different from what's on TV. And then I was like, well, no, this is pretty much... <laughs> this is this is exactly, like, how it is on TV. This like, is I, law and order. <laughs> it really was. And that's probably because I was involved with a criminal case. I'm sure the... Uh, the 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 money cases or whatever civil, civil the seats. civil cases are probably yeah. you know chilled out a little bit, um, but dude I I don't know I, I it was a it was an interesting experience that I think kind of changed me a little bit. Hmm. Um, In what way? What what was like the thing that was like holy fuck? I didn't see that coming. It, it it's hard to put my finger on. It's it's almost like a. Going back to the shroom thing that I talked about earlier, it's almost like, you know, obviously these things are what they are regardless of how you feel about them um, Mm -hmm. or how aware you are of them. Like a a reality is a reality regardless of whether or not you acknowledge it. But it's almost like when it's when it's staring you in the face, it's completely different than when someone's just describing it to you. Mm hmm. When you are in a position where you realize, like, no, 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 I can't take this lightly because this could, this is, this is, either way, going to directly affect this person's life. Yeah. One way or the other. It can't just be like, oh, no, I would definitely feel okay with giving a guilty sentence. It's like, yeah. all right, but, are like, here's your chance. Are you going to give him, are you going to call this guy guilty and send him to jail for 10 years? Let's yeah. see. And then you're like, oh, my God, like, I didn't realize it was like this. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I kind of got lucky, man, in a sense that my mom went to jail when I was really young for it. And she was eventually oh, found not you. guilty. <laughs> <laughs> oh, please, please. Please let my mom go to jail. Oh, I'm so lucky. I'm going to stay up and eat Oreos and not do my homework. <laughs> uh, I just mean lucky in the sense that I think I realized or I was able to realize really young 
that like that illusion almost that the the court system is based on you know like for example my mom was in jail for two years waiting for her trial and it it was like this lawyer you know jumping through hoops shenanigans where she had to drop the one lawyer and they the other one kept pushing the the date back and like all this i was like so my mom's gonna be in jail i'm seven years old my mom's in jail for two years because of paperwork really I needed my mom at that point when I was a kid. It's very important for human beings to have their mom around to um, help them understand what's right and wrong. Like that's that's like a physiological almost function um, in how our brains develop and how we learn things is like your mom is supposed to be there. And if she's not, it, it kind of has these predictable effects on your like morality and that kind of thing. And uh I say I'm lucky in the sense that I was able to I was able to experience kind of all of that firsthand but have a nurturing environment through my school and the religious communities that were supporting us and my family that was uh the supporting the you know that are part of the family and uh, I was able to see early on how fucked up the judicial system was and what it was really based on and the effect that it had, because not only was my mom in jail, but she she wasn't the one to be like, uh, oh, well, you know, everything's great here. You know, we just I met this girl named Shelly. We're really we're great roommates. We're practically roommates. You know, we just we just share our little bunk here. It's like, no, she you know, I was I was in the jail and I looked around and I saw all these like fucking tough ass women and we weren't allowed to turn our bodies. Right. So we are a family of five. My mom's sitting in a chair. My dad's to her left. Maybe me or my brother's to the right. My sister's somewhere in there. And we weren't allowed to turn our complete body to talk to her. We had to, like, just turn our heads, right? So you're literally, after a half an hour, your neck is getting stiff because you can't turn your body. You just got to turn your head to talk to your mom, who you're, like, used to hugging. And, like, she's, like, you know, giving you a noogie and that kind of shit. Um, But it just, it was very clear to me the the implications of of all of it you know the implications of putting someone in jail and in that it's not just them it's their family and everyone they know and blah 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 blah. but i say i'm lucky because it happened uh it happened in the right circumstances that it didn't mm, like disillusion me or it didn't i mean not to say that it didn't but it wasn't a permanent thing like i now can see the, the truth of the matter, as opposed to just being like, mm, those motherfuckers put my mom in jail. Fuck yeah. all them. You yeah, know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. Or, or whatever. Whatever the, the effect can be. But it's... Because the interesting thing was you were like... you, you the, the guy who who was in your case, you told me that he was in jail for four years waiting for his trial. And he was eventually... You said, you know, seven out of eight charges, he was found not guilty, the one he was, and it was a misdemeanor. So, you know, not so bad. A misdemeanor is like a slap on the wrist, essentially, in the judicial system. But he was in jail for four years waiting for a slap on the wrist. And and he was on parole when the incident happened, so he had been in jail. I mean, I, I looked up his case later because I was still interested. Like, the case was over, and for the next three days, it was still constantly on my mind. Yeah. Um... Uh, I mean, he had been in jail since the 80s. Damn. Um, yeah. And here's the and other thing, too. So my mom w- was in jail, met all these people, made all these connections, and she became really involved in um, 
the the prison system. She was a chaplain. She would go in and give um, like um, like Christian ceremonies and blessings and holy water and that kind of thing to the, the people inside who who wanted it. She would volunteer and help them get their GEDs. Uh, she processed clothes that people donated for for people in jail and shit like that. So it was it, I was really involved in a lot of that shit after she got out. Um, and one of the craziest things is that the recidivism rate. And recidivism is if you go to jail, the likelihood that you'll go back to jail, right? The recidivism rate is something like sixty six percent or something like that. So two out of three guys who go into jail are going back at some point in their life. Two out of three, and what I realized when my mom got out, and keep in mind, she was found not guilty, but she was. It, there was some kind of legal shenanigans where she still essentially had this record of being charged with something or something yeah. like that, right? It, she, she was charged with something, but she wasn't found guilty of it eventually. I, I'm not sure of the technical details, but she wasn't able to get a job really for a long time because she had to check that box on the form of like, have you ever been convicted of a felony or something or been in a felony or something, been, been accused of a felony? She had to check yes, even though she was found not guilty. And that meant that she literally could not find a job outside of either volunteer work or working with a church or something like that for years afterward. And it put into perspective to me how these guys who are going to jail, once you're in jail, there's nothing waiting for you out here. There's nothing so, waiting for you. So I think that's I think that's a, an amazing point, man. And I, I, I think the word that I, I'm going to settle on here is gravity. The the gravity of the situation really hit me in a way that it hadn't hit me previously, mm-hmm. and that it all sort of clicked. And and getting back to a previous episode of ours, I, I believe it's Conversation Twenty or something like that, the Mattress Girl episode, mm-hmm. where we talked about the 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 allegation of rape against this man. Um, I I think that's the gravity of an allegation is such that it has to be. You have to be careful because a false allegation could can do damage. Just saying that something happened can do damage, mm-hmm. and it's it's not to say that you know it's not something where it's like oh well you're victim blaming and you're not you're not allowing blah 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 and it's like no 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 in cases like that and by the law too this is mm-hmm. how the law is you have to assume. That mm-hmm. they're innocent. Yes. Assume that they're innocent. And then you have to prove beyond a reasonable doubt, which means right. it can't just be like, oh, well, you know, that sounds kind of like it. It's like, yeah, no, 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 yeah. no, no, no. Like, if there's. In a 50 50 scenario, you're supposed to say, well, they're innocent because I'm supposed to assume that. And you're supposed to prove like, like 70, 80, 90% that this person is guilty before you even consider whether they're guilty or not. If they don't yeah. get to that point where you're like, "Ooh, I'm pretty sure this motherfucker's guilty," like you're supposed to be like, mm, "I can't, I can't do this. I can't charge this guy unless you you give me the goods. You know, you've really proved that this guy did it." Yeah, because the so, the alternative is fucking putting some guy away for years. My mom and that my mom was in jail for two years waiting for her trial. That dude was in jail for four years. But imagine if if either of them got convicted and they were in jail for ten years, twenty years maybe, and, and they didn't do something or they. They were falsely accused. And there's plenty of real people who are in jail right now that didn't do the crime that they are serving time for. It's insane to think about. Insane. Yeah. It's insane. It is insane. I think, honestly, we need to crack crack back down on the uh, 
the the things that we will actually incarcerate someone for, to be honest with you, um, because uh, I I feel like uh, incarceration should really be limited to a specific type of crime almost like the situation that I was uh, dealing with um, sure there was the there was the room for uh, physical damage or violence to occur but none of that actually well so so he apparently had a knife and was brandishing a knife but he didn't stab Mm. anybody Mm -hmm. he didn't use the knife on anyone he uses a threat and in, in that sort of scenario, it's almost like, well, are you going to put him in jail? Does this guy, does this, is this, it, does this really seem like something worth putting someone in jail, or does this mm. seem like an isolated incident? You know, even with your mom, is is, is she going around killing people, or right. did something something happen? Which, you know, <sighs> it's kind of like a one off. Is she a serial yeah. killer? Or I mean, so just to give the the broad details. A child died. Sorry, I kind of, I kind of pushed, no, no, that's you, I pushed you into fine. that. A child died in the care of my of my parents or my family, and what happened was the child was mentally challenged, and my my parents were um, fostering them, um, and it was her and uh, the the child's name was Marquia, and her brother Mark, I think his name was Mark, Mark and Marquia, yeah. And uh, so what happened oh, was real, she... sorry, real creative fucking parents there. Just gonna say that, <laughs> fucking. Mark and Markia. Oh, okay. Uh, this is my so, son Ike and Ikea. <laughs> so Markia, uh, the the one night she fell down the stairs, hit her head on the way down several times, and uh, we thought she was fine. I mean, and this is, I mean, I remember this too as a kid. We used to have one of those um, gates at the top and bottom of the stairs because, I mean, we had them because my mom had a daycare, so she was used to taking care of kids and all that kind of stuff. But once we got uh, Mark and Marquia, we it was clear that Marquia wasn't she was wasn't able to really make those survival decisions on her own yet. You know, don't fall down the stairs. So we we were like, all right, well we've got these gates, we might as well use them because you know she's she's you know gonna hurt herself, and she did. Um, and I I honestly to this day after years and years of thinking about it and going back, we we it, there was nothing that we could have done. We really did everything we could. We were all trying to be really on point about keeping track of these kids and all that kind of stuff but she fell down the stairs hit her head on the way down and she that night she seemed fine she was crying you know she seemed hurt but we were like are you okay you know she calmed down and everything seemed fine the next day she wakes up everything seems fine we all go to school we all, everything's fine and then we get you know from my experience was uh it was either a teacher or somebody came to me and was like you know you gotta you know, let's you you're, you're someone's here to to talk to you or to pick you up or something and i was like oh, uh, okay that's weird sure so my dad was there and we drove we're, we're going straight to the hospital he says and i'm like what hospital what are you talking about and it turns out that she had had a seizure that day foaming at the mouth and everything like that and uh they basically accused my mom of like beating this child up to the point where you know, she killed the child. Um, she, my mom was uh, eventually found not guilty because the judge was like, well, all right, look, the the injuries aren't consistent with like a wrath beating, you know, because they were all on her head, really. The, the main things were her head because she just didn't protect her head on the way down, you know, and it's kind of a fragile thing. And 
so eventually my mom was found not guilty. They, they, the evidence really didn't stack up. It didn't really make sense. It made more sense that she fell down the stairs the night before than it did that my mom, you know, beat her to death. Because honestly, like, we were all around. There were other kids in the daycare who, if my mom would have beat this kid to death, they would have heard something or seen something. And they were all just like, uh, no, I, Aunt Robin's the shit. Like, you know, we were just, we were eating pudding and shit. And then something happened, <laughs> you know? And and the the really see this is the thing that we were comes, e- we were eating we were eating we were eating pudding and then Marquia decided to go all ECW on us and <laughs> throw herself through a table and shit. We we're like, what the fuck? Yo, She's Marquia, ins- that's She's extreme. <laughs> this is awesome. Oh god, it's, sorry, I'm super uncomfortable. It's I, no, no, I know it's very, very uncomfortable. It's it was really it's it's it was hard for me to talk about. I would say until. I was a teenager, probably. Um, but, uh, man, what was I saying? Something about kids. Oh, so the, the thing is, bad things happen, right? But in, in the worst situations, like, the best things happen. The, the things that make you go, like, holy fuck. Like, there is, there is goodness in the world, right? Not to sound super fucking cheesy. But in this case, my mom had people show up. And there, there were lines, out, you know, that wrapped around the outside of the courtroom of people who were just who just wanted to come and testify. Like this woman is not crazy. She wouldn't. She wouldn't have done that. Here's my kid. My kid's been going to her daycare for months, years. You know, I plan on sending my kid back to her daycare whenever she gets home. If you could please just send her the fuck home, right? Yeah. So they, we had lines of people um, uh, testifying for my mom and that kind of thing. We also had teachers, um, family friends, random pen pals that certain religious institutions had um, set up for my mom so that she would have someone to talk to while she was in jail. She would constantly be getting letters because that's a very important thing to people in prison. But it, it just it showed me that or it kind of it made me very aware that there are these good people in the world. And they are rare, and sometimes it takes rare circumstances to bring it out. But there is this, like, fundamental goodness that, I mean, how bad does it sound that someone's being accused of killing a child? And yet these people were wrapped around the building to be like, look, whatever happened, it might have been fucked up, right? Definitely fucked up. But I don't think, you know, my mom you know beat these beat that kid it just it does it doesn't make sense it just really yeah. doesn't make sense um also it kind of it puts into perspective the um implications of all this and what i mean by that is i was having a conversation on facebook actually yesterday and today um a mutual friend of jasmine and i posted this thing about alcohol versus marijuana and the alcohol side was like addictive you know causes death blah 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 blah. you can od on it like all this shit and it's legal and then it was like marijuana uh promotes brain growth you know (laughs) not not addictive no deaths illegal and there was this slew of people who were just saying like lies but that's kind of a funny picture this is bullshit but it's really funny and so I was like, what? Like, what? <laughs> is the picture funny or is the information funny? Because the information is neither funny nor false. So I started posting these articles. I was like, uh, so this one person was like, well, it kills your brain cells, but, you know, whatever. And so I posted uh, the, this one article that was like, well, actually, THC 
and CBD, which are the main psychoactive com- uh, uh, chemicals in weed, actually promote neurogenesis, which is the growth of brain cells. Here's another paper that says, uh, or another article that summarizes papers uh, that say that it also slows down the degeneration of your brain. So as your brain is de- degenerating, if you smoke weed, it slows it down. Degeneration X, suck it, brain. <laughs> um, <laughs> And then, uh, so this argument happens and, and all this bloody fucking blah, uh, fuck, I forget. Oh, but so I, I'm getting into this argument with this lady who is saying that she doesn't think weed should be legal. And the reason that she kept coming back to was, oh, well, it, you know, it impairs your decision making and it changes how you respond to things and all this shit. And I'm like, look, lady, look, listen, listen to this. I, I understand what you're saying. And I'm not even necessarily disagreeing that weed doesn't change how you think because it absolutely does but so does caffeine so does xanax so does all that shit but you're okay with someone drinking four cups of coffee and driving you're okay with someone taking adderall and driving you're okay with someone taking xanax or valium if they have a prescription and driving right but all of a sudden you have a problem with weed because there's a stigma attached to it um so the point that i was trying to make was that it's the illegality of marijuana that is the issue because there are zero deaths, right? There's at the very, very, very most, there's a shaky correlation between smoking weed and risky, dangerous behavior. At the at the least, there's like this shaky, well, you know, it does kind of make people act weird, you know, and that's pretty much the justification that people use. But think about what you're saying. Because someone's acting strange, you think we should put them in a cage and lock them away. Think about what you're saying. They have the, the thing that they're doing doesn't cause death. Alcohol causes 88,000 deaths per year. Tobacco causes 480,000 deaths per year, half a million. Weed causes zero deaths per year. But you want to put people in jail for weed, right? You want to put people in jail for that. And like what we're talking about is jail is a very, very serious thing. It is something that you don't really come back from ever completely in the same way that you were before you went there. Whether it's because you have a felony and now you can't vote and you can't you know, do this or that. It might be a sexual charge where you can't live within a hun- you know, however many uh, yards or feet of a school. Or you can't live here and you can't do that or this and you can't be too close to this or that. It, it, but we really, like you said, really need to be careful about what we're putting people in a cage for, what we're what we're destroying their life for, you know. And I really don't think that um, weed should be one of those things that we're locking people away for. And I really yeah. think for the things that we uh, are locking people away for, we need to have people be more aware of what is justifiable, you know. Can you prove, like the law says, without a benefit of a doubt or whatever the fuck the wording is, that this person did it? Can you really honestly say that? Because if you can, go for it, you know? Like, people got pissed at that Casey Anthony case. Oh, no, she killed her child. I'm not, I'm not disagreeing with that, right? And everyone got mad when she got off. But the reality of the situation is, if the evidence isn't there and the evidence doesn't link up, well, hey, and it could be you, many people's fault, but the evidence isn't there, and she should have walked if the evidence wasn't there, even if she did kill her child. And that sounds fucked up, but you know, you have to allow for um, 
I would say mistakes like that for the for the imperfect system that we have to function properly. I think hey, even if you want to, even if you want to get a little bit more controversial, man, if you want to push the buttons, oh yeah, hey, America, listen up, bitch. Um, <laughs> if you want to talk about George Zimmerman, man, I don't really know the details of that case, but he was found not guilty of, I guess, murder of Trayvon Martin or whatever, or it was. something, yeah, which is fucking and ridiculous. I, I mean, I, I would not I'm, guilty doesn't even mean you didn't do it. Not you, guilty or, means they can't prove that you did it. Or, and, and more specifically, it doesn't even mean that you didn't do something illegal. It means you didn't do the thing that you were accused of, right? So in the George Zimmerman case, I think specifically, I heard a lot of argument that had they charged him for manslaughter or murder one instead of murder three or whatever it was, he would have went to jail. But they tried to go after the wrong charge, and they didn't have the evidence for the charge. And as fucked up as that sounds, that's how the system is supposed to work. Yeah. We're supposed to have lawyers who know uh, how to identify that is the crime. This is the, this is the definition of the crime that you did, right? This is the crime, and this is the evidence that proves that that is the crime. And if you can't do that, then you have to let that guy go. You Does have the to. glove fit? Does the glove fit? OJ got off because, uh, you know? No, but seriously, that's yeah. all I want to say. Yeah. yeah, you know. Uh, you know, OJ, you know, controversy. You know, OJ, you know, juice is loose. You know. <laughs> uh, yeah, it yeah. sucks because it's like whether or not, because whether or not you can't bring your opinions into it as far as like what you what you think happened. It has to be can you prove it happened. Right. Beyond right. a shadow of a doubt, there can't be any reasonable doubt. What, mm-hmm. the, what the law actually says is, if you hesitate, what the, a reasonable doubt consists of, if a reasonable person, which is kind of a weird definition, but right. if it would cause a reasonable person to hesitate before acting, which means you go, "Whoa, this person's fucking asshole. I should probably do something <laughs> about it." Yeah. But wait, do I have all the facts? Right. Am I sure? And that's 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 all it is. Just like, that moment, oh, that like, split okay, second. But was there blood on the knife? Like this guy's an asshole, and he looks like the kind of guy who would stab someone. But you said there was no blood on the knife. There, her, his fingerprints weren't even on the knife, and this guy didn't even die of a stab wound. So, like, I'm not putting this guy in jail. You know what I mean? It, yeah. It's like whether or not you think the person is capable of doing it, and whether or not you think they actually even did it is irrelevant to the case. What's yeah. relevant is. Does the evidence like kind of stitch together uh, like a quilt or a tapestry that depicts this person doing the crime? And granted, my mom was in jail for two years for something she didn't do. So I completely understand the um, the like downside or the negative effect that that kind of indecision or you know the the oh i don't know maybe uh, i don't it, it, it sometimes it puts a person in jail for two years and sometimes it you know lets a criminal go but you if we're not you have to trust the system because the only way that it, it, it functions properly is if everyone is on board and if people are being like well you know i really want him to go to jail anyway because he's he's an asshole then you get um you allow for wiggle room in the law, and the the people who take advantage of wiggle room the most, it might get somebody off who wasn't who shouldn't have gone to jail, but the people who get off 
on wiggle room the most are shady people you know so you can't allow for wiggle room even if it means letting a criminal go once or w- once or twice because it's more yeah. important to get uh, to be sure about the criminals that you're convicting in my opinion than it is to convict people just to be sure that you get the criminals in that batch I'd much rather let a guilty person go than convict an innocent person. Right, right. Also, an interesting side note um, to this whole argument is, uh, I think it was either Terrence McKenna or Timothy Leary who made this really interesting point. Oh, one point. of those druggies that should have been locked up or <laughs> <laughs> fucking, fucking smoking <laughs> the, the herb. One of those nut jobs. Uh, they made a really good point about um, uh, laws against drugs. And the point was that we already have laws against dangerous and reckless behavior, right? We, if, hey, if you, folks, it's the marijuana man. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm with the Nellies. <laughs> <laughs> um, we already have laws against reckless and dangerous behavior. So if someone smokes weed and drives rec- recklessly or does Valium and stabs someone, it doesn't really matter. You know, that what, what the, the, the drug is less important than the fact that they fucking stab someone. You know what I mean? You fucking stab someone. That's the real issue here. So if somebody stabs somebody, you don't make the drug that they were on illegal because that's that's a, that's a side point. You make the person pay for the crime of of stabbing someone and you just make sure that anytime someone stabs someone, you give them the the punishment that they deserve whether they were on drugs or not. Stabbing someone should have like a a really harsh kind of a, a, a punishment in that sense, you know? Like, it should have... And I'm not saying years, you know, 50 years of your fucking life. That's a little ridiculous. But it should be a, a, some kind of harsh punishment that every time someone gets stabbed, you can be like, well, you're going to get the stabbing punishment, you fucking asshole. And it, it doesn't matter... by stabbing. And then they just <laughs> bring in the whole community to stab them to death. <laughs> I think the first graders take a field trip to the fucking... Wacky judge. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Dude, I don't know, man. I, I, I th- it, the judicial system is a little wonky, but you know what? Obama recently came out in the last like week, I want to say, and he really he got on the mic and he fucking spit some heat. No, um, <laughs> he, uh, he made it pretty plain that there is this incarceration issue in in the United States. Yeah, uh, he didn't, he didn't, absolutely he didn't, is. Yeah, he didn't quite call it the prison industrial complex, as everyone else calls it, but he gave all the numbers that everyone else uh, gives. For example, the United States has 5% of the population of the world, but it has 25% of the world's jailed population. Doesn't even fucking make sense. Doesn't even fucking make sense. Um, you know, et cetera, et cetera. But I think it takes real balls as a president to to just come out and say some shit like that, you know, because he's not. It, it, you want to talk about the biggest factor that's that's um, impairing the the black community as a whole, and I think it's that. I think it absolutely oh, is that for because sure. It's because what it's doing is breaking up families and not allowing for because um, you know people's parents are in fucking prison and they're growing up without that and they're becoming bitter and they're and they're, and looking, they're not looking having for, any structure yeah and they're looking for father figures and in, in outside sources and the the wrong people are giving you know the father figure kind of uh guidance you know and telling kids to do the wrong shit and single mothers especially have it hard 
when they have to there's no father to help the income because he's in jail so you have to work two jobs and somehow manage all that shit it's all very related and as it says in the uh, Bhagavad Gita actually when the family is disrupted you don't have the passing of tradition and without the passing of tradition you have instability and the the whole the whole society starts to crumble because yeah you there's there's a necessary um i feel like feeling of continuity for humans you have you it, it feels wholesome when you can be like well my grandfather did this and my parents did that now i'm going to do this and it doesn't matter if it's like it doesn't have to be the same thing. Like, my grandfather was a shoemaker. My father was a shoemaker. I'm going to be a shoemaker. But it helps to be able to piece together your history by knowing who your grandfather was and your father was and, and you know, having them around to tell you things and show you things. And it, it, it could be father or mother, really. But if they're in jail, they're not fucking doing that. And it really does it, – it doesn't just harm the individual, it and, harms everyone. It right. really does harm everyone because what you have is you have a, a generation of people who are growing up without fathers. And sure, not all of them are going to become fucking crazy. You know, it's it's that whole thing where it's like, you know, if if you turn if – if you become a shithead because your dad wasn't in prison or was in prison, nobody's going to blame you. But if you don't, then – you know, like it, it's easy to use that as an excuse. But at the same time, it's – it's so hard, I'm sure, right. and it's it's like you have a generation of people who are growing up without any direction, and of and that makes or it or with the wrong direction ev- even worse. Yeah, and that makes it and, and you know that makes it worse for everybody who's living in the community as a whole. You know, everyone, yep. Yep. everyone, because you have and this kid. I, yeah, go ahead. Well, sorry, I wanted to kind of make a side point, um, mm-hmm. actually, to not to t- totally go back, but I wanted to make a point about the the drug convictions. Mm-hmm. If you if you'll if you allow me, um, the th- I, I I think a big problem with that sort of thing is that uh, everybody's body works differently, right? And so uh, there, there there can't be a hard and fast rule for drug use because. It, it's mm. not a hard and fast thing because mm-hmm. everyone's different. There could be someone who is perfectly uh, reasonable on heroin. I don't know if that's – I haven't met anybody. Like There could be a fully yeah. functional heroin addict who just goes about his business, doesn't dip out or anything, just is like, no, my tolerance is through the roof. I can just – I or, just or feel like, awesome. Or I dose myself really well or whatever. Or like I balance it out with this. But it's like, hey, Jim's a great guy. You know what I mean? And, and, I, and I think the problem is people – like even people I've talked to, for, uh, friends of mine – who like smoke weed once and they're like, oh, I don't know, man, that was so intense. Like, I don't know, I don't know how anyone could smoke weed every day. Like, that just sounds bad to me. Like, that just sounds fucked up. And yeah. it's like, well, well, maybe, but maybe there are like, I, I know for a fact that there are people who are fully functional uh, stoners who are just fucking high all the time. And yeah. maybe, maybe if they weren't, things would be a little bit different. But they're they're going about their business, right? You know they're, what not, I mean? they're not and, killing anybody. They're paying their bills. They're going to work every day and all that shit. Like you know, I, that's a really good point. I actually went to a, a seminar yesterday or the other day, two days ago, where and the the uh, topic was um, basically genetically specific medicine. So how how close are we to um, analyzing someone's genes and then using medicine to specifically target? the issues relating to this person based on the, the genes that they have, which, you know, up to this point in history is just, it's just not even possible between the, uh, you know, reading the, the DNA in our body. I mean, it's like, it's an, inf- uh, so much information to crunch. And basically the synopsis of this sen- seminar was we're not even fucking close. I mean, we may be starting to get there in 10 years where we can start to do this thing um, confidently 
But this guy has been a doctor for 30 years or something like that, and he's had 10 to 15 cases, and he sees 40 patients a week. 10 to 15 cases where he was able to, to look at someone's genes and give them the appropriate medicine, right? And the issue with someone's genes and medicine is that, like you said, not everyone responds to the medicine the same way. Not everyone has the same issues going on um, that, a f- that, you know, let's say if someone has one drink. For example, I know a lot of Asian people have, they lack this enzyme that helps them break alcohol down. And I, I feel like it, so maybe that's the why same they get thing the glow. Americans. That yeah, is why they get the they, glow. They get red in the face for that reason. But also, and I don't know if it's a cultural thing that's being misinterpreted as that, but um, I, a lot of the Asian people I work with, they don't really drink that much when we have, like, lab outings. You know, we'll all go out, and all the white people are getting fucking wasted, seven, eight, nine beers, and the Asian people are, like, wasted two, three beers. You know what I mean? Hmm. And it's it's like... You know, if you weren't counting, it would look exactly the same. And it has to do with, you know, maybe the, the white people are just drinking more in their day-to-day lives. That's totally possible. But the reality of the situation is the, pe- the white people drinking seven, and I include myself in that group, and, you know, Jasmine too, because even though we're not strictly white. <laughs> it's just Come on, guys. Don't culturally appropriate my fucking people, all right? Don't Cultural appropriation, <laughs> you son of a bitch. Don't you dare use the white label. Um, Listen, we can have all the cool shit, but don't even dare try to take anything from us, all right? You <laughs> motherfucker. Um, but the point I'm trying to make is that you're absolutely fucking right, is that the issue with making these hard and fast laws about if you if you're caught with this drug that means you're going to do something reckless it's like well no not necessarily because for example uh people who don't have whatever you want to call quote unquote uh, uh, attention deficit disorder if they take Adderall they feel uppity and jumpy and you know on edge people who have who have the symptoms of a, attention deficit disorder they take Adderall and they feel mellowed out and calm, you know, and if you don't know that the person is on Adderall, you don't, you know, you can't tell the difference between can't. Uh, you can't tell the, the normal and the, the person who's on Adderall. You really can't tell. So really, been, is it the drug or is it the person or is it, you know, something else? Strict, strict admission, uh, not strict admission, uh, a little bit of admission here, but I, I mean, most of the time I'm pretty open about it with people, but there have been times when I've been like, fucking trashed and people have not known yeah me too (laughs) i I mean there was a time uh, when i first i I don't even know how to say this but there was a time where in college where i was like you know what fuck it i'm just gonna smoke weed every day and see what that's like and see if it's you know if i have to stop i'll stop you know if it's getting in the way i'll just stop i would go to work i'd go home i'd go to church i'd go to this i'd do that i'd pay bills i'd do homework high as fuck high as fuck fuck and nobody nobody asked me hey are you okay you seem a little this or a little that they were just like oh hey adam how's it going good to see you you're here again oh you're doing that thing you do all the time great do it oh you're doing great do it we're not even going to ask you about it and what it made me realize is it's really 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 not the drug you know like you mentioned trung- uh chogyam trungpa earlier right Ramdas said uh, one of his quotes which i thought was a, a hilarious quote it's probably a, a common phrase but it was the first time i heard it where he said, um, you know, Chogyam Trungpa could be sockied to the, to the gills, right? So he, he could be, you know, soaking himself in wine, which is uh, the, the sake, Japanese wine. 
and still yet there's he's just totally lucid. He's just there. He's all there. I'm just Chogyam. I'm just it's oh, it's hello. just me Chogyam. <laughs> listen hello. to my listen to my wisdom. Yeah, but <laughs> but it's really some, and I'm not necessarily. And he says. Fucking ask about me. And he drops the mic. <laughs> he drops, he drops the, mic. the mic. In, in 1968, yeah. Um, <laughs> but I really think there is that phenomenon. Uh, we've just been fed this this myth that, you know, if you drink, you 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 act this certain kind of way, and if you smoke weed, you you're gonna act like this. You're gonna be like. You're gonna have this experience. When it's... I was in Ireland, dude. People were drinking first thing in the fucking morning. Irish coffee is Jameson, Bailey's, and coffee. That's that's a. I mean, really, I saw people drinking that in the morning, and not just like, oh, here's your tourist trap. Drink one of these. <laughs> I mean, I, I, you know, you look out. You're at a local bar at at eleven in the morning, and you're looking out at, at dudes just drinking Irish coffee. You know, it. But to them, it's not. It's not like a. It's not like, oh, what time is it? Is it noon? Is it okay to drink now? They're just like, hey, I'm just going to have this Irish coffee, and then I'm going to go to work. You know, I'm, I, It's not that much alcohol, but it's a little bit, so who, who gives a fuck? And I think a lot of it has to do with the – we still have this really, really long kind of echo of Puritanism, which founded the country and kind of got things going. And the Quakers back in the day who were really, really kind of um, – um, what's the word? Uh, uh, renunciative. You know, they were they don't yeah. drink, don't have sex, don't smoke, don't do this. Just just think about God. Just you know, look at the floor and think about God. You son of a bitch. Don't don't you dare go out <laughs> and have fun. Um, that we're still we're still dealing with those echoes of puritanism of you know renunciation, and that's not it's not good enough. It's really not. Uh, uh, conversation 24 the myth of instability <laughs> ask about us ask about us that was me <laughs> conversations dropping the mic. for our grandkids uh. no this has been conversations for our grandkids um thank you so much for listening uh please review us on itunes it's conversations for our grandkids uh adam's on twitter it's basic underscore shrimp i'm on twitter it's shambles murphy um, you can like us on Facebook. You can leave us a comment. Tell us what you think. Yeah. Give us a suggestion. Anything you really want, honestly. I don't really give a shit. We, no, I'm kidding. Yeah, we, <laughs> I'm kidding. Tell we, us what you I mean, want. really, I think, I think I can speak for the both of us when I say that this podcast is it's a whole lot of fun for us. And a necessary component to this being able to keep happening for us and you know for you is you guys being involved and like giving us feedback and shit. And we... I've heard that people like it, so fucking prove it. You know, put your money where your mouth prove is and it. give us some fucking prove feedback. It. You know, hey, argue bitch, with us it. or something. <laughs> um, no, but really, we do, we do appreciate the support of the people who ha- who have been listening and like the show and all that kind of stuff. But if you if you even if you're listening to this right now, that means you're you've committed yourself at least somewhat to to supporting this. So just go the one tiny step further and give us your feedback in some kind of way. It means uh, if you're listening to this, it means you're ahead of the game, baby. You're ahead of the game. (laughs) (laughs) It's good for you because we're all just trying to feel better. All right, I feel better, man. Yeah, me too. Love you, Seamus. 2,000 miles away. Do the people in the night they hear a yell? Maybe so. Knives out, scream loud, someone hit the call to arms. It's too late, she's been hit now Nobody can save her from this harm Do the people 
Saints and got a thousand viewers got to see the end, end, end. Who am I to go? Who am I to help? To try, cause what I do and what I say are not the same on any given day. So why decide who's out of time? It's your fault that she is not alive. You're out of line. Time left for her to survive. It's your fault that she is not.